the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Magi saw it. The shepherds saw it. Anybody who will take a moment and read through the Gospels will see it. Behold Him on high. We're celebrating Christmas as we close out the week. We have been celebrating Christmas all week long here on Truth For Today. And as we close out the week, we have a final reflection on just what Christmas really is all about. What is the culmination of all of these events? Well, it is to simply behold Him on high. Join us, won't you, as we celebrate Him who is deserving of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. We will behold Him on high as we take a look at His glory revealed to us here in His Word. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with this Friday broadcast of Truth For Today. Fifth thing we want to look at is 1 John. 1 John. Look at chapter 1. I wish someone had shown me this chapter when I was first saved. It would have saved me a lot of uh, uh, doubtful moments about my salvation. Uh, Listen to what he says. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, probably holy. And he's not just holy, but he's a God who has manifested himself. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, I think in the light of his revealed will, of his character, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, is continually cleansing us from all sin. Notice the word sin, not sins. All sin. Now, when we use sin singular, it's usually the sin principle within, indwelling sin. Did you know if you went a whole day without ever committing an act of sin, you still got sin within you? Because you carry a sin nature. Uh, And it's a defiling thing. I mean, Jesus said, out of the heart come evil thoughts and come all this corruption. It just, even though we're saved, that heart still coughs up bad stuff that we have to say, that's wrong, that's wrong. And, but he said, at the same time, Christ is continually cleansing us from all the effects and all the judgment that would come with just that obnoxious nature within us. Okay, he's doing that, and that's good. That's the cross work is being applied to me continually. Do you see that? And if it's doing it continually, I wonder if he's cleansing me when I'm asleep. He's cleansing me for what? Have you ever had a bad dream? Have you ever had a dream uh, uh, you were kissing the wrong woman? (laughs) Ever dream where you were choking somebody you shouldn't be choking? Hey, where'd that come from? 
said, good night. Uh, I've had to get up. Lord, I don't buy a thing I dreamed. I don't know where that came from. But I've got to confess it and just let him know I don't buy that. But the Lord is cleansing continually. Then, watch this. If we say we have no sin principle, and I grew up with people that were close to that, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You go around and say, I don't have a sin nature, why, you deceived person. You just don't know, do you? Yeah, you do have a sin principle. Well, uh, if you don't believe it, ask your wife and ask your kids. They know. They've got right theology about you. Then, watch. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to, uh, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. Uh, on, on the surface, that is so simplistic. I find it too simplistic. I mean, come on. I just confess it and you'll forget. Uh, Lord, I just robbed a bank. I, I'm going to let you know. Well, that's cleanse. Uh, you know, I just stole a thousand bucks from a guy. I like to confess it. Lord, I stole a thousand. Just want you to know. Anyway, it's a little bit more involved than just saying I did it. I mean, that might have to be, you might have to serve five years. And God said, yeah, I forgave you, but not California. <laughs> now, you do have to deal with Caesar. And so don't get carried away. But it seems to be saying that all I need to do when I sin is confess it to Jesus Christ. And it says two things about him. He will be faithful in this. Okay, I can rely on him. And he will be righteous, which I'm expecting to say he will be merciful. Isn't that what he said? He uh, merciful, but he said, didn't say that. He said he's righteous. The other way, wait, I'll be right in forgiving you. Wait, how can you be right in forgiving me? Because I died for the sin you confessed, and I satisfied God's righteous anger against what you did. And we don't need to re-crucify me. You don't have to bring additional sacrifices and all your, um, your tears and uh, sorrow and all that. No, no. The cleansing comes from me. And what I'm looking for you to do is to admit you did it. Because sin makes you want to hide it, cover it, lie about it. Uh, and we have craziness like in the garden. They start running. They start blaming all of that goes on. He, he simplifies it by saying, would you just admit you did it? Just admit you did it. Call it what I do. Don't, don't call your sin, Lord. You know the old song, if I've committed any sin today, oh, baloney. It's sentimental. This confession is you name it. You know what you did. I, this is wrong. And it's painful because Carolyn has to be practiced this in marriage. She heard this sermon one time 
And I said, well, I'm sorry. She said, you're sorry for what? I said, hey, that's torture. I said, I'm sorry. Be glad. No, you didn't name it. No, that hurts too much. I'd have to admit I really did do it. I'm sorry. Oh, you're not either. You just got caught. Now name it. Name it. And he will cleanse. And then he goes on. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. That is, if we have not sinned in the past. I never sinned. Oh, man. His word is not in us. You're out to lunch. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not even sin once. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate or a legal defense, use of a lawyer, use of someone that would represent you before the king. We have a legal defender facing the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's not a crooked lawyer. He operates on the basis of righteousness. How can he appeal for you to be forgiven? Because he has righteously dealt with the crime by dying for it. He has paid for your sin. It is no cheap forgiveness for God's son to hang on the cross for your sins. And if you got this flipping, well, I, if you know it's good, it's like God's obligation. Well, God, you're God. You've got to forgive. No, he doesn't. Why do you think people are going to hell? God doesn't forgive them. God isn't forgiving everybody. You hear? You hear. Unless you receive Christ and he's your Savior, you have no forgiveness. There is none in any other's name but the name of Jesus. You have to have him. But when you have him as your Savior, he becomes your legal defender in the third heaven. You confess it, and in his righteousness as the one who satisfied God's wrath regarding your sin, you will be forgiven. Now, that, that sounds nice. Maybe or may not sound nice. It's a truth. I don't care if it sounds nice. It's a truth. Uh, now, I'm not trying to be nice. What's true? Let me tell you what happened to me. I, okay, I get saved 14. Uh, and uh, I was always afraid to get saved because I knew I couldn't live like the people I got saved among. I mean, they were strict. Uh, we, we had a rule that God hadn't even made on a lot of stuff. And uh, so uh, I... Uh, okay, I make this start out this journey with the Lord. I'm living for Him, but I I, I'm, I get saved in the summer, and I found in our youth group we could all live it in the summer. Yeah, it's when we went back to school. So in in time, I sinned. I cussed probably, uh, and something like that. Okay, cussed or uh, you know. Whatever, it doesn't matter what the sin was. But when I did that, I said, wow, I thought I'd become a Christian. I just received Christ. And when I did that, I knew it was wrong, and I felt bad. And I said, well, wait, 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 now, now what's my status before God now? 
Uh, am I really saved? Wouldn't God take care of bad language? I mean, that, that should have dropped off because you become a new creation, you know. All things become new. Your newness in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you became a part of a new creation in Christ, but you ain't brand new down here. He's going to work on you. He's going to start a process. But in God's sight, I'm perfect. I'm accepted because I'm in the beloved. But down here, you still got to work on my mouth, my mind, my morals, my money. Uh, man, I hate to say it, my marriage. Good night, Lord. I just wanted to go to heaven. I didn't want to be changed. Don't change me. I just want to sneak into heaven. If I can get into heaven cussing like a sailor, good. And God said, no, I, I change your vocabulary when I save you. Well, Lord, I'm from Richmond. He said, I don't care. I'm from heaven. And I want to change you. And so I did that. And guess what I did? Nobody ever showed me First John. I didn't know that. And so then after that sin, I probably did another one. I did another one. And after about the tenth one, I said, I must not be saved. Uh, it's building up in me. I'm feeling guilty all the time. And then school started, and oh man, I started going to get dances, and we couldn't go to dances. I started running around rock and roll bands just to hear them play. I was learning guitar. I wanted to watch them play. And I said, oh man, he's backslid for sure. Uh, and so I just threw in the towel, uh, gave up, and then I had to go to church because I was still under my dad's roof. And uh, on a Sunday night, my brother Paul, uh, I, I ran with a guy that was saved six months a year. <laughs> he happened to be saved at this time. You know, he was in church. Out When he went in church, he's making out with the girls during the service. You know, he, he was a rascal. He really was. I loved him because he could play guitar. And uh, he, he's over here... Uh, and he and Paul, they, they, they saw me and said, hey, why don't you come to the prayer meeting before church? I said, Paul, I told my I said, you know I'm backslid. You don't go to a prayer meeting when you're backslid. And he said, no, come on, come on with us, come on. And being an older brother and, and being good with a hammerlock, I went ahead and went. And so I go, but I, I know, I'm, in my mind, I'm backslid. I kneel out of respect because that's the way our people prayed. We were all on our knees. And so while I'm there, I said, I told the Lord what I've been telling him. Lord, I'd live for you if I knew how, but I don't. I, I lost it. it, it I, I don't know how to keep up. And so why keep trying? None of you ever been there, have you? First get saved, the weight falls off. Everything's wonderful. You're going to heaven. And then about two weeks later, you just... You're in the mully grubs. You cannot lift your face up. You say, man, I got saved, but I'm a mess. said, no wonder people don't want to go to church with you. Salvation's made us miserable. Because I used to enjoy sin. Good night. God, let me either enjoy sin or enjoy you. But I'm caught in between. 
And so I went in and prayed, and just me and the Lord talked. Something supernaturally, I, it, it is the Lord. It wasn't me, because nothing was clicking up. I didn't know this was in the Bible. But in that time, just telling God I can't live in it. That night, we had testimony services, and all of a sudden, the backslidden teenage boy in the youth group, I want to give a testimony, and I just get up and say, you know, I bailed out, but I would really like to live for God, because I think I was really saved, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to live it. So I've just given God a resignation, but I do love you people. Thanks. He started healing me from that day. And from that day on, without anyone ever telling me, when I'd blow it, I said, God, I just cussed that boy out. I shouldn't have called him an SOB. It doesn't seem to work. I'm going to invite him to our youth group, but I just called him an SOB. I don't think he'll come. (laughs) You know, it's not effective evangelism. (laughs) Well, I just say, I, I should have done that. I was at the gate one day and cussed the guy so bad. And God said, now you've got to go apologize to us. I said, God, that's where we talked to each other. That's good morning in Richmond. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't know about good morning, but you go apologize. I said, no, Lord, that, I don't mind apologizing to you, but don't, now don't include other people. <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, you go apologize. And the guy made fun, capped me, and just thought it was crazy. But I had to do it. When we sin, now let me tell you another story. I was teaching a holiness conference to a bunch of pastors, and I was teaching, I was a morning Bible teacher. And when I read this verse in chapter 2 here, it said, When we sin, we have someone advocating. And a couple of pastors raised their hand. They were very strict, strict holiness people. They said, wait, 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 son, I think you misread that. He said, he can't be advocating for you when you're sinning. I said, well, I said, it says, but if anyone does sin, I'm assuming in the act or at that point, we have an advocate, a legal defender, And Jesus is in the office of being the righteous one. And he said, by the way, Father, I want to remind you, I propitiated you about that sin. I've already bore your wrath against that sin. And I I want you not to charge them with it because I bore it. They said, you can't be. They can't be. You're saying it's all right to sin. I said, no, I'm not saying it's all right to sin. I'm saying it's all right to have a Savior. It's all right to have someone who said he paid. He either paid for it or he did not. Did Christ pay for the sin? So that means you want to go out and live like the devil. You know, your wife said, honey, you you promised to love me forever. Yes, she said it. That means I could chase. No, no, no. Loyal love doesn't beget unfaithfulness. Dying love, crucified Savior, never makes the true child of God one. Shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, if you know him, he takes away the appetite. Listen to what this great 
great little poem says about my advocate. I sinned and straightway post haste. Satan flew before the presence of the Most High God and made a railing accusation there. He said, this soul, this thing of clay and sod has sinned. Tis true that he has named thy name, but I demand his death, for thou hast said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Shall not thy sentence be fulfilled? Is justice dead? Send now this wretched sinner to his doom. What other thing can righteous ruler do? And thus he did accuse me day and night, and every word he spoke, O God, was true. Then quickly one rose up from God's right hand, before whose glory angels veiled their eyes. He spoke, Each jot and tittle of the law must be fulfilled. The guilty sinner dies. But wait, suppose his guilt were all transferred to me, and that I paid his penalty. Behold my hands, my side, my feet. One day I was made sin for him and died that he might be presented faultless at thy throne. And Satan fled away. Full well he knew that he could not prevail against such love for every word my dear Lord spoke was true. You have an advocate. You have a sympathetic high priest. You have an intercessor. You have access. This is going on 24 hours a day for you in the third heaven. Christ is not just dead and raised and just wandering around heaven. He's ongoing ministering to the people he's saving. This is See, the world has no intercessor. The world has no high priest. The world has no advocate. You must first accept Jesus. Then you get all this. You get all that he will do. But to live and die without Jesus is to have no one to represent you. To have no one to get you through the court of heaven without being judged. Christ, my defender. Christ, my satisfier. Christ, my representative. He is all. My, isn't it folly to talk about your righteousness when you've got his to claim? It's his right. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. That you might grow in Christ and find encouragement in the day-to-day lives that we lead as believers in Christ. It is a challenge to live in a dead and dying world, is it not? Especially knowing heaven awaits us. So it is a delight to be able to come to you on a daily basis and provide you with this encouragement from God's Word as we teach and train and, and preach the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and your good. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, taking us to God's Word that we might be mutually edified in grace. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 855-833-9864. 
If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there besides our podcasts. You'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. And as we conclude our time today, we would invite you to link arms with us financially and prayerfully. These programs come to you on a daily basis, and even our extended resource materials found at our website are available as you link arms with us, partnering with us financially and prayerfully. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Please consider how you might come alongside and partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the greater Bay Area. We'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you are not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers. It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.